now. So welcome back. This is part two of our top five remake remasters from old school games that should see the light in new form. Uh, Clayton is coming on finally. Last week he was sick. <laughs> I was. It's all good. No, I know. I'm just busting your chops. Um, so I'm not going to run through my list again for everyone who tuned in. I did the Lunar series, uh, Dino Crisis, the original Fallout um final fantasy the original one and oh i can't even remember what my last one was wow <laughs> oh my god um yeah i i wow i don't remember what my last title was i have but, a solid four but i'm thinking um my last one i want to switch it up actually oh huh? switch it up switch it up yeah so I'm I'll go to think of what the hell my game was. Wow. Okay. Well, let's. Uh, for actually, first, well, I, I'm just gonna go through a couple of things I picked up. We we talked about this, and I picked it up because I was told that it had like the speed run stuff through it, and then I, it, yeah, it wasn't. But Final Fantasy X two, another one, <laughs> another uh, HD remaster. I got Sakuna from Amazon. They actually sent me a second one because the first one, uh, the box was damaged and I wasn't very impressed. Um, this was an accidental price. Walmart screwed up. It was actually supposed to be 29 bucks, but they had it in their $9 bin, which is Commandos. I never even heard of that one, actually. Uh, Space Hulk was another oh. $9 game. Yeah. And I was in Giant Tiger, and you always find these obscure games, and like this probably won't ever be worth anything. But the Island of Doctor Frankenstein on the Wii <laughs> was five wow. bucks. That's I'm, gonna le I'm gonna leave it sealed. I I don't know this epic adventure exploration game. You're a mechanic who keeps flying islands in the air. Interesting. It's a strange, uh, strange subject matter. Like strange art style for the subject matter. Like the. Yeah. The art style seems to like juxtapose the subject matter. So this Strange. is all. This is all for you. This well, not for you, but this is all on you because uh, me, uh, myself, and Svenny McGee, we did ours last night. Um, I do have a couple recommendations from uh, Drew and the guys over at Inside the Game. Which once I find a, an, an in uh, to cut you off, then I'll I'll, uh, I'll get that going. But I. I I think it's funny. I want one of the titles that you and Adam picked are probably one of, I'm not going to say anything. Go ahead. Start. Okay. Okay. So for <laughs> put me on the spot for my uh, first one. Uh, okay. I'll start at the back end and work up. I have one that I want to change, but I'm not sure what to change it with. I'm just looking at my wall and, and I have a theme for all of my changes, right? Like, Back in the, like, way, way back throughout all of the console ages, especially going back to the 8 and 16-bit uh, uh, and days, we'd have um, games that seemed like the story and the ideas and the worlds that they created were um, far too ambitious for the technology uh, at the time. Like, it didn't matter how good a story was, they were severely hampered, especially in the 8-bit days, by uh, cartridge memory, and what they could actually do. Um, so I'll start with, um, actually, I'll start with uh, probably, 
the immortal. So if you never played the immortal, this game was, it, it was utterly amazing. It was a uh, dark fantasy. It was an isometric 3d game and it got slammed from critics from for being too linear because there it, it's a dungeon crawler, but there is basically one way through the game. There are only so many enemies. Um, you, you fight the enemies in a isometric uh, 3D cutaway, much the same way you do in Final Fantasy. But um, the character sprites are um, three quarters the size of the screen. They're very, very tall. They're very large in this version. Um, and it uh, relies on a stamina stamina meter to perform attacks and dodges. That actually sounds yeah. a lot like Lunar on the DS. Stamina. Yeah. And there, and, and this is this is electronics electronic arts when it was still good. It was one guy who developed it named Will Harvey, and I, I meant to do some more looking up on the on the actual game, but they did a port on the uh, one of the Amiga systems. They did it on the NES as well, but they had to change the actual combat mechanics because of the limitations of the cartridge. Like you don't even get this combat style on the NES. It's even simpler than this. But the game has an incredibly good story for it is told as you descend through the dungeon, you are trying to rescue your your teacher who is a wizard from a dragon. But and I'm like really like I'm really watering this down. But um, as you get deeper and deeper, you discover um, that there's there's trickery afoot, that there's much more going on than you initially thought. And um it, it was just a really, really good story, and I would really like to see, um, I'd really like to see a remake of this because I think they could do a lot with it. Because one of the major selling points of this game was the myriad ways that you could die. Like there's a thousand ways to die in this game, and every death comes with its own set of animations. And when you kill, uh, when you kill enemies. Um, every one of their deaths is unique. Like there, you can smack them in the head with your scepter and their head will explode. You know, lightning will strike them. They'll burn to death. Like you cut them in half. There's, and it's really graphic. Like it, it's as graphic as they could make it using the technology that they had. Hmm. So as much as it got slammed for being, um, for being very, very linear, I can't, I, I, I still, like, I looked for this game. I looked for the NES port, you know what I mean? I played this game and I played it over and over again until I couldn't, you can't really speed run it. All you can do is do the dungeon flawlessly, but I could do the entire game without issue. So I, I'd like to see a remake of this game because it, it's something that uh, not a lot of people now will even remember. You know what I mean? Unless you lived through the 8 and 16-bit game days, people won't remember this and that's why it needs to be brought back because everybody says, Oh, I want to see a new Mario. I want to see a, let's remake this. Let's remake that. You know what I mean? But it's always the major names. Like let's see some more obscure stuff. Yeah. So for that's sure. What... Okay. So I'll just jump in um, that. First of all, the, the fifth game was conquers for me. Oh yeah. Um, but unfortunately it'll be an Xbox title just because Microsoft owns rare. Yeah. Um, but we, we didn't, neither of us, well, besides the fact that, uh, that Adam said Chrono Trigger, that was really the only old school, like, uh, in that sense where, well, I did Final Fantasy, but, um, cause it, like he said, like 
you're going to get somebody that's going to be like, well, of course you're going to say Chrono Trigger, but if you don't say it, then you have someone saying, well, why didn't you say Chrono Trigger? So yeah. he went with that. But um, so uh, my buddy drew over at inside the game said that, um, where did it go? Uh, that he would take a remake of any Splinter Cell at this point, because they're really big into like Rainbow Six Siege and stuff. And then somebody else had said that the orphanage level in the Splinter Cell multiplayer is the creepiest thing they've ever played. <laughs> so I guess, I, I mean, I never played Splinter Cell myself. I actually, I played the first one. I, I've like, I just wasn't really into it, but uh, it sounds interesting. And I guess this, this uh, orphanage in HD graphics would be pretty like Resident Evil E. I don't remember. Um, I don't remember the multiplayer aspect of, of Splinter Cell other than it was spies versus mercs and that a lot of people were really on about it I didn't have Xbox Live Gold like uh, Xbox Live at that time so I can't really comment on it I think I might have seen it once or twice but I can tell you that I was a massive massive fan of the first and third Splinter Cells I felt like uh, Pandora Tomorrow the second one recycled too much from the first one and actually didn't really go far enough. It felt like they didn't advance the graphics. The story was just kind of a, well, we made a ton of money with the first one, so let's just kind of keep the story going for the second one. And it's actually, out of the trilogy, it's the weak point for me, because the first one is, well, it's the first one, and it was amazing. In an age when uh, Metal Gear Solid was the de facto stealth game, Splinter Cell took it out of the arcades and, and almost turned it into a simulation. You know what I mean? That game was hard, especially mm-hmm. when you got to the last level. Like it was friggin' hard. And then the third one, the third one, they seriously bumped up the graphics. The storytelling was really good. The sound design was actually really, really good too. Um, the uh, environmental effects, like the first level where you come in and you're in a midnight rainstorm, was awesome for the time. Like I, I got no complaints about that game. And the, the end was, eh, it wasn't super, super great. It was kind of a, like a standoff thing, but it was, uh, it was quite a good end to that trilogy. And then they went to four double agent. Eh, it started off good. And then it got all weird with the double agent stuff. And then Lambert died and I don't know. And then five conviction. I just hated conviction. The mark and execute system that they implemented into that. I, I just couldn't get into it. They, they, they took away your ability to like move bodies and stuff like that. Basically they just turned it into a full on arcade shooter with uh, mark and execute mechanics. And that was it. You know what I mean? Like it was a weak, weak end. So that's my yes. thoughts on that. <laughs> it's all good. Um, okay. My next game. Yeah. Okay. You'll have to forgive the fact that I only have this on a, I don't actually have a complete version of it. Any mid-90s PC guy is going to remember this. Mist. <laughs> so the reason that I say Mist is because I feel like, like if you know what Mist is, Mist is a point-and-click adventure where you um, move a cursor around static images. And if you can imagine it, because I imagine most people who game these days will not understand what a point and click adventure is. Imagine you are playing Google, uh, Google Maps Street View, but with objectives. So you click on the picture and you move down the street. You click on the picture, move down the street, but there's stuff in the picture that you can interact with, you know, a fireplace, a book, a this, a that. So that's exactly what Mist is, but it takes place on an island 
and you're trying to solve the mystery, I believe, of uh, of two missing brothers. Or no, you're uh, Atreus, the father. You're trying to solve the mystery of this guy. And there's this whole really in-depth mystery that unfolds with it. And the thing is, is that because of the limitations of technology, they use 3D pre-rendered images for the island. Now, in an age where Shenmue, like a game like Shenmue on the original Dreamcast has developed, has implemented the uh, fully reactivized entertainment system, where you can walk around and they place actual interactive cursors on important on objects of importance around the map. I feel like the point and click, like the the point and click genre, is basically dead after that. There's no reason to have it like that. We can have now we have the technology where we could make the island of mist a fully interactive, open world sandbox with these elements with these these symbols these books these fireplaces all of this stuff to interact with i don't need static images i can just run around the island and i feel like they could add a lot more detail to it and it was amazing actually how alive the island of mist felt even though the images were static they were static images but they there was movement inside of them you know you'd see like i don't know birds and smoke and stuff like that moving you know like uh, emanating and stuff but you couldn't freely move through the world. So I feel like a graphical remake of Mist with a fully interactive, fully uh, traversable map would go a long way towards dragging a whole new uh, generation of players back into that world because that game was really good. The story was excellent. Um, the characters that they developed, even though you never actually meet them, were excellent. The puzzles were awesome. Like they were hard. Don't get me wrong. They were, I had a couple of stumpers there. They were, they were good ones. And at first the Island feels completely alien until you learn how things work, until you learn the symbolism of the Island, until you learn how the father and the sons think. Um, excellent game, excellent ending. Um, I can't say enough about how much I would like to see a remake of that game. And I mean, they made um, at least two more. I remember Riven and then I remember Mist three, I think it was. But I know that they made more than more than just the one because Mist in the 90s was ridiculously popular. It was a huge smash on PC. And even when it got ported to consoles, I think it made quite a made quite an impact. Nice. Um, even though consoles were not really the place to go to play point and click adventures. Right. Uh, yeah, I feel like that one would that one would get a lot of mileage out of a remake. Okay, what's next? Okay, the next one. This one here. <laughs> this one uh, is probably the other one that you said um, had been chosen by uh, Adam. <laughs> nope. Really? Yep. No Final Fantasy three. Okay, so Final Fantasy three, <laughs> just to, to and the, my reasoning for choosing it is because this is, as far as I'm concerned the absolute pinnacle of 16-bit square Final Fantasies. This yeah. is the best one. It's the, it's super dense. It's got dark, um, serious tones. Um, it's got awesome characters. Um, it's got an awesome, awesome antagonist. Like, Kefka is the best of the bad guys when it comes to uh, Final Fantasy villains. 
Like, especially when you're talking about the later guys, like um, uh, Final Fantasy X, like Sin and Orphan in 13. And Kefka is just the guy. He's like the Darth Vader of Final Fantasy. He's, uh, he, he's, he's just the got, Heath, he's the Heath Ledger Joker. Yeah, he's got so much character to him. Like, just, and you see him. The thing is, is that you, he's not the big bad just waiting at the end of the path. I mean, you see him like, all the way through the game, even though like Emperor Gestal is the the ruler of the empire, Kefka is the one who's really pulling the strings and he's just a maniac. And to convey something like mania or insanity on a 16-bit game machine is, is crazy. But mostly what I want them to do is I would like to see them redo Final Fantasy VI in the Octopath Traveler engine. I think that would be awesome. And I think yeah. that that would pay an incredible amount of respect to the work that was done to the sprites for six, because six, yeah. six exhibits a mastery of artwork. Like square had been working with the super Nintendo for a couple of years. They had a long pedigree of final fantasy games by this point, they were well-established, you know, they had been making some of the best games for both the, the, uh, SNES and the NES for years and this was they just poured everything they had into this and I mean like you have to remember that right after this they started on seven right and I know that seven went through like a bunch of changes and this and that but they were basically starting over right they were starting over with the 3D technology and the hardware this is them after having mastered they, they were like, this is our, this is not the swan song, but this is our masterwork. This is our magnum opus. And I feel like I've seen a couple of games try to pull off what Octopath Traveler did. Uh, I don't know if you played 3D Dot Heroes by From Software for the PS3. No, well, I didn't play it, but I, I've obviously heard about it. Yeah, it's like, it's more, it's more like, like Minecraft, Minecraft as pixel art in an isometric 3D world it was really good though that that with, with the effects like with the post uh, processing effects like um uh, smoke and uh, field of uh, like a field of focus you know what i mean like things in the background are blurred out and stuff uh with the lighting and whatnot like games like octopath traveler look incredibly stylized and it's a strange art style but it looks so good and i would totally rip final fantasy 3 again Especially if you consider that when you go to fight the bosses, like especially when you get later through the game, the bosses are these extravagant paintings. You can tell that they're they're pixelated, but the quality of the artwork um, is, is just undeniable. Like when you fight a behemoth in six or when you fight Kafka in the Light of Judgment in six, like it, the artwork is there, you know, and it looks amazing. It's just pixelated. So I would have the rest of the game be an octopath, but then the bosses be hand drawn uh by uh who is the what's the artist's name i i'm drawing a blank now yashitaku amano is that you, you know more than me about that stuff I, I can't i can't remember his name for the life of me because i'm just being because i'm putting myself on the spot but um his artwork uh permeates this game and it would be awesome to see all of that stuff re-realized with and I want all the bells and whistles too. like, make no mistake. I want the original version of the game included in it. I'd like to see an updated as well as an original score. 
like um, you know, like all real instruments, not not chip tunes and and MIDI tunes and whatnot. Um, and and add the lighting and add all the stuff you guys had to edit out. Add in things like debug mode. You know what I mean? Give us the whole package. I feel like we don't get enough of that stuff these days. It, developers are afraid that we're going to rush through their stuff too much. Meanwhile, on the iOS, you get games like Final Fantasy IX, like on iOS and Android, you get Final Fantasy IX with fast forward, encounter skip, um, level 99, everything max. God mode, all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? So you can kind of, you can play with the game. Like, yeah, anybody who's paying like 30 bucks for Final Fantasy IX on iOS or Android has more than likely already played it on PlayStation or PlayStation two or whatever. Right. Yeah. We just want to go back through the game and just mess with it. We don't need to slog through the thing again. Yeah. But anyways, yeah. So final fantasy six is my next pick after that. And I know there's going to be a lot of um, people are going to say, well, yeah, but they have to build it from the ground up. Panzergoon Saga for the Sega Saturn. And the reason I want this one is because I feel like this game came on out at the roughly the same time as Final Fantasy VII. It was on four discs. It had in in it had a huge amount of um, it had a huge amount of cutscenes, really good high quality CG uh, for the time. The gameplay was awesome, the story was awesome, but it was already four discs. Like, I feel like if they wanted to make the story longer, they couldn't unless they just added more discs. And you're talking about a game that's like, you're talking about a game that's going to go into five, six discs. You know what I mean? It was an RPG. It was actually fairly short for an RPG, especially at that time when RPGs were basically coming into um, being one of the most popular genres uh, like with the with the the release of Final Fantasy VII, mm-hmm. um, and the backlog of stuff that Square already had that people started looking into after that game was released, um, this game could do so much more. Like if we had a graphical and sound upgrade as well as a, a, a memory upgrade, I think we could have had a much longer story. And I I wouldn't be surprised if they had to cut large chunks of the story out just to accommodate the system itself because this game came out like right at the end of the of the Saturn's lifetime short as it was and it was basically the swan song for um for the system right they only made initially and and this is not um, back like I'm not backing this up with that or anything but I'm pretty sure that the initial run for America was only 10,000 copies it's funny like uh, I, I this just this is like groundhog day deja vu like literally everything that you're saying is exactly what adam was talking about because that was his number three was panzer and Man. like ten thousand copies like four discs that's why i'm smiling because like it's it's just a different voice saying almost and not in a bad way but like saying reiterating exactly what he had mentioned yesterday the thing is though is that this is one of those games that like the hype is real you know what i mean like yeah and every everybody has the same thing to say about it it's one of those games it commands a high price point for sega saturn i mean when you consider like uh um what is it stadium events is like what uh, 10 15 thousand dollars now uh 1200 bucks is not a lot to pay with this and that's covid prices right like this game spiked 
when uh, COVID, uh, when COVID dropped. So it's been kind of artificially, Saturn especially, actually, the entire Saturn library has been artificially inflated due to uh, COVID. I know that my collection has increased in value quite a bit. Um, but the thing is, is that this is a really hard sell because apparently the initial code that was made for the game was lost. So it's not as easy as just slapping a new coat of paint on it and then sending it out the door. They would literally have to make this game again from the ground up. You know? Yeah. And, and again, that's exactly, that's exactly what Adam said. Like you, you have to, you have to build the entire game. Yeah. Now uh, I can't remember what the studio is, but there's a studio who has uh, remastered the original Panzer Dragoon and they, I think on switch, they, they have it on PlayStation two as well, or PlayStation four as well. Um, but uh, actually I think they have it on Xbox. I'm not sure if they have it on Xbox. Don't quote me on that. But I know that they have it on um, PlayStation 4. Um, they're making it. And they are also apparently making Panzer Dragoon Zwei, the sequel. And I think if they make enough money on that, they will probably end up going back and trying to do Saga. Now, that's just me being optimistic. I hope. Like, you know, realistically, it's probably not going to happen, but I mean, it would be nice because this game is excellent and it is totally worth the time and it would totally be worth the effort. And it would also, it would take some of the mystery I, I, I feel out of the game because the price point of this game is so high that a lot of people who are like um, not, not able to invest the amount of money that this game commands can actually play it they can see well what is the big deal about this game because i mean you can watch it you can watch the footage on youtube and whatnot but it's not the same as actually playing the game but the battle system like the story is excellent the battle system is completely unique um uh, the characters the world itself is amazing i mean if you consider the fact that the first panzer dragoon was released as a rail shooter launch title for the saturn the sequel added more stuff and i i distinctly remember reading the review in game players uh, magazine way way back when it was released and the the reviewer i can't remember who it was said right in the interview why can't we have an rpg of this game this world is so rich it's so full mm -hmm. there is no reason why we could not make an rpg out of this game it deserves to be way more than just a rail shooter and they were right and that world is completely filled out in this game like there there's a lot going on to it it's it's very and even once you play the game even once you've finished everything and unlocked all of the secrets there is still they never give everything away like there's still so much mystery there is still so much stuff that could be plumbed out of this game and and uh orta like when they released orta on the xbox um xbox 360 i feel like it was a step back i don't feel like it was as good i i, I feel like are you, they, are you talking about orta yeah i feel like they wanted to release a game that had the name but that they it didn't feel as good that's all i'm gonna say it i remember originally buying that uh at one of the shows down south thinking like oh like it's a Panzer Dragoon. I never ended up playing it. Like it just sat on my shelf and I don't, I don't have it anymore. I don't even know what happened with it. I think I oh. might've sold it to somebody, but no, it, it's excellent. It's still an excellent game. But I mean, when you consider, when you consider that this was the Panzer Dragoon that was released before it, there is no way that it would not pale in comparison because this one is so good. Yeah. Um, 
Orta was still really, really good. Uh, don't get me wrong. It was awesome, but it just wasn't quite this. So I'd like to see a remake of this, but this is like my ambitious, most wish list kind. This is when other people were freaking out about Final Fantasy VII being remade. This is the one I want remade. I want to play this again. I want to play it with new graphics, new sound. I want them to expand the story. And yeah, this is my my number one wish. My uh, just just to quickly interject because I'm not sure if you hear all those blips, but I've got Discord open right now too. Um, one one of the other guys that uh, is part of the show, uh, he's actually a really good friend of mine, Nate. He was saying, he said, yeah, Splinter Cell would be a great idea as a remake, but we'd probably get it in VR. And uh, and then and then he did the like angry steam nose face. So, uh, but it's true. Like a, a lot of the games that they do come out with remakes, like, or not even remakes, but even Hitman, like they have VR enabled modes now. And it's like, because VR is, is seems to be the next step, but... Yeah, so he he had said like it'd be VR. I said, well, it'd probably be Splinter Cell with VR enabled. Yeah. So and then another just to quickly jump in before you do your last one, uh, another another guy on the Discord page, um, Agent Howell said uh, that he would love to see a remake of um, Land of the Dead: Road to Fiddler's Green. Oh yeah. And. Um, and apparently it's actually getting a remake. So he's excited about that. <laughs> well, we like, we went through a couple of years ago, actually now last generation, pretty much from the PS3 switching into the PS4. We actually went through like a lot of remakes. We, and I don't, I shouldn't even call them remakes. I should call them reskins. Like they re-released all of the God of War games, but all they did was clean up the textures and clean up the, clean up the sound a little bit and re-release it they didn't actually do anything to it and then they did the same thing with um um shadow of the colossus and ico for the originally for the playstation 2 they re-released it on the playstation 3 cleaned up right and it was like oh yeah they're like yeah it's a it's a shadow of the colossus remake yeah but it's not really a remake all they did was just clean up the graphics just a little bit and then uh was it last year or the year before uh, Blue Point turned around and and like really did a an awesome graphical overhaul on Shadow of the Colossus and that that is one of my favorite games like Goat it's the Goat it's awesome it's amazing because it's if you consider how much I fawn over Panzer Dragoon it's for many of the same reasons it's because they complete they um uh. They uh, created a totally unique world. They never tell you all of the secrets. You don't know why this place exists. You know what I mean? You never figure everything out. And it's amazing for that. It's the same as The Last Guardian. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like they create this world and you can just get lost in it. And the time that you spend with the game, um, you're just, you're in its clutches and you, you just can't get away. Um, but, give me, sorry, give me, I got a, my, my dog is barking. Uh, I'm just going to pause for like two minutes okay. and uh, I'll be right back. I'm going to refill my coffee too. So yeah, okay, I'm going to go to the bathroom. <laughs> okay. Thanks. Here. All right. That was a, a little bit of a glitch in the matrix. Uh, <laughs> never fails. I'm, I'm not going to edit it out. I just think it's funny. Like get into it, have a good conversation. And all of a sudden the dogs have to go outside. It's like, oh. <laughs> They're good. They're laying down now. So we'll uh, we'll continue with your uh, talk about uh, your game there. 
Okay, where was I? <laughs> you were still talking about Panzer, and then I jumped in and said about the VR and, and how it's Oh, the next yeah, step. we were talking about remakes versus reskins, um, because there have been so many of them, right? Mm -hmm. Like, even games like um, the Uncharted Collection. Uh, I never actually bought the collection, I don't think, but... Um, I do like there is sometimes it's kind of nice to have that stuff done because I act like if you ever played the first uncharted, everybody looks like they're coated in baby oil. It's really strange. Like the graphics in two were so good. Like they were really good in uncharted two. And then three, like obviously three and four, like they get better. Oh man, they got even better. But in the first one, the game is really good. The mechanics are all there. The gameplay is there. The story's there. It need like the combat needed a little bit of balancing, but um, the graphics, everybody looks like they're coated in baby oil. And I mean, I challenge you go back and look at the PS3 version. It is, <laughs> it's funny to watch them. Everybody looks like they're all greased up. Um, even on, even on the screenshots on the back, they look like that. Yeah. Um, it's like <laughs> baby oil Island there, but uh uh, so it's nice when uh, developers can kind of go back and they can put finishing touches on stuff and add a little bit of power and, and you know, clean some stuff up. Maybe add some um, uh, add some uh, quality of life changes that were not there before. Like I've mentioned in other videos before, Ninja Gaiden on the original Xbox to Ninja Gaiden Black to Ninja Gaiden Sigma. Like they just kept adding stuff, right? Yeah. It's nice. And they didn't even really clean up the graphics. Like they didn't, they didn't do too much. I think that the PSP actually, uh, or the PS Vita graphics, I uh, believe they were better. I think they were cleaned up a little bit, but that's just optimizing and what they learned over the years, but they didn't really do too much to it. But yeah, reskin versus uh, an actual remake. And for a while it was starting to feel like pretty cheap where we were getting a lot of games where they just slapped them in a new package, put them on a, on a 50 or $60 um, price point and then ship them back out the door. Um, it was nice earlier on to see games like, like for me, the perfect, the perfect remake or the perfect version of a remake was the Halo, uh, I believe it was the 10th anniversary edition, uh, Halo CE, the first one. They took the original Xbox game, they, um, they improved the graphics drastically. Like they brought it on par with um, uh, Halo 4, they added a whole bunch of stuff. They added some, they actually even added some connect, um, some connect uh, features to it. Like you could scan enemies, you could scan weapons and items and stuff like that. And you could add them to like this gallery of items that you had. And um, there was a couple other bells and whistles that they added, but they, they went back and they, they, I don't want to call it a reskin because they did basically what shadow of the Colossus did where they actually like improved the textures. They improved the weather effects. They improved the environmental effects. Like it was actually quite good. I know you're a PlayStation gamer, but for a long time I was a halo guy. I'm not so much anymore. Cause I don't know. Five is kind of getting into, it's getting into weird headspace, but um, that's neither here nor there. As a remake, that was actually a good example of what you could do with quality. And the thing is, is that the day one price point of that game was like $40. Yeah. So you got the game and it was like a 10 year old game, but you got it with all of these extras and these amazing graphics. And they actually gave you the ability 
um, with one button to switch between the original Xbox graphics and the updated graphics. So you could sit there and ding, 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 and just toggle back and forth. And so you can have a, basically a side-by-side -side comparison of how much had been improved and what they had changed. And I thought actually that was pretty awesome. That was like a, that was a bit of a flex on their part, I think, but it was pretty cool that they could do that. Nice. Uh, but get, okay. So getting back to getting to my last game, is this my last game? Did I, yep. or did I? It's the last one. Okay. This one, Guardian Heroes, uh, another Saturn game. And if you ever played this one, I don't know anybody who has bad, <laughs> anything bad to say about this game. This game for Saturn, even though Saturn didn't have all the controller ports is actually one to six players. It is a side scrolling beat em up. And what you would do is instead of just walking into the background, or if anybody remembers actually, the old games like Streets of Rage, Double Dragon, all of those, you would be able to kind of walk into the background and walk into the foreground uh, back and forth in a sort of a, I, I don't know how to call it. It's like an isometric view, but not really. It's more like you just kind of move up or down the screen, golden axe style, you know? But the, the thing I, the issue I always had with those games was the fact that if you're standing even a couple of pixels below the enemy, the hitbox doesn't register and you end up punching the air. And that always drove me nuts. So what Guardian Heroes does is it actually only includes three planes that you fight on. So there's the foreground, the midground, and the background. And you use the shoulder buttons to just jump between them. So enemies would either appear in the, in the foreground, in the midground, or the background. So if they were in the midground, you would instantly learn to recognize that and you jump to the midground and fight them. There were tons of characters. I can't, I don't know if it says it on the back of the box. Oh yeah, 50 different paths to meet, to reach multiple endings. So because there were, there was a ton of characters to play as. There was a bunch of characters, I'm pretty sure. No, there was only like six. But if you did multiplayer, you could play as all of the enemies as well. And you could scale the levels. The multiplayer was actually really cool. Um, the abilities that these guys had were like these room-clearing attacks. And um, like I said, you could play as uh, one to six players. And so they, the, uh, it was all pixel art, right? Like it was all 2D sprites jumping back and forth in the level. And they used scaling to make them bigger or smaller. They used a, they used a heavy, heavy scaling effects on spells and stuff like that. And it was just a ton of fun. The story was some nonsense. I don't know. I'm pretty sure it was based on some um, external... Um, like expanded universe story, some comic or something like that, or a cartoon. But the characters were all really vibrantly animated. You know what I mean? Like the colors were really bright. The attacks were super flashy. Um, it was just a ton of fun. And I would like to see a remake of this because I want them to keep all of the same game structure. I just want them to clean up the art and the sound. Um, this game... For no other reason than it was, it got a remake actually on the Game Boy Advance, I believe. I don't think it ever got a sequel, um, but it was a ton of fun. It was a ton of fun for more than one player. And I think that couch co-op is something that we need to see more of, you know, like I love having couch co-op. I mean, obviously that's kind of uh, out the window when it comes to the pandemic. Couch co-op and chill. 
Yeah, but you should, <laughs> you should have like they they could add. There's no reason that they couldn't add like online multiplayer as well as couch co-op. You know, and uh, clean up those graphics. Uh, and again, like Final Fantasy VI, um, they have the power now to do these incredibly detailed, hand-painted works of art that would just scale on the screen. And uh, and it's one of those ones that it, it's a shame if you never got to play it when it originally came out because I could rent this on a Friday back in the day. You know, I would rent this and then me and my friends, we'd play it all weekend and then, you know, bring it back. But it was, there was always lots of fun to be had. And the reason that I want, like the reason that I'm suggesting that they, they remake it is because it, it hasn't carried forward. I think there may be a version on Xbox live now. I would have to actually go and look, I'm not sure, but I never hear anybody talking about this game. I never see anybody talking about it. And uh, this is like, I would liken this to uh, Smash Bros, like the multiplayer. Nice. Not the same, but I mean, you can scale. You can scale your levels as well as the, like your levels and all of your friends' levels. Um, and the, these attacks, just juggling attacks, you know, like lightning attacks, ground clearing attacks, fireball attacks. Like it was just, it was just wild, you know. Like you, if you weren't actually the one playing the game, you would basically not be able to keep up with what was going on on the screen. The action was so fast and so furious, you know? Um, you know, one, one game that it, it doesn't really need a, a remaster, but I, I think that it had a lot of potential and I'm kind of disappointed that Sony dropped the, like just dropped all support for it, but was PlayStation battle all stars. Oh yeah. Like that, like it was the, it was their response to Smash Bros. But I mean, obviously, people are like, "Well, it's a Smash Bros. ripoff." Well, it's Sony's attempt at it. I mean, it wasn't a great game, but like, I think that they could have just done so much more with it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so. I would totally agree. Yeah, because they had like, well, they had who do they have for characters? They had Kratos, they had Sackboy, they had a Big Daddy. Big <laughs> even even like, he was a DLC though because uh Bioshock was on both systems. Yeah. But um yeah. uh you had Jack, you had um I think Ratchet. Yeah. Um Cooking Mama. I can't I do I don't even remember. You know what? I'm just gonna bring up I wanna bring up the roster now. I, I know they had plans for DLC, um, but it just never materialized, which is too bad. Like I I, I mean, you can get it digitally, but I mean, I, I, I don't buy digital I, apart from one game. But, it's um, not a, you know, it's not a real surprise, though, because it seems to be uh, like when you talk about like competitive multiplayer games that end up being uh, used in competitions and stuff, it seems to be more of a um, like a player player driven like it's the players who choose what games become the yeah. big games and smash like smash bros already had an established pedigree when sony came in and tried the the rumble all-stars or whatever it was there was no way that they were going to gain any ground because smash smash bros was already too refined it was too well balanced too many people knew the moves yeah. i mean i was watching a video the other day actually where um did you ever play catherine by i think no Alan. but i mean that's another game that's gotten a re an hd remaster for every system it has but there's also a, a really obscure competitive mode in that game 
that had a huge uh, surge in popularity due to people after the fact realizing that the multiplayer aspect of it actually had a lot of, of there was a lot of tactics involved in play, in, in in winning at it. So small pockets of player uh, player groups in different cities started playing this game. And then eventually they realized they're like, Oh man, like there's a, there's a lot of people playing the multiplayer aspect of this game. And then they started trying to, um, um, they got a booth for it at the uh, big uh, game competitions. Right. So people started playing this game for money. And then I guess I, uh, the, the uh, publisher, I guess, uh, re-released it or they rebalanced it or something. And they kind of, I wouldn't say that they ruined it, but they changed it from the original. They added a bunch of stuff to it, whereas the original was super basic. And it was the, the actual the actual hard hardwired mechanics to the game mode were extremely simple. There was only a couple of rules, but people developed tactics to play that game. And they created a meta. Like it was just... It was fascinating to watch. I watched the entire video on it and I couldn't believe it because it seemed like something so simple, but these guys are talking about all of these like really advanced tactics when it comes to playing it. And I was like, wow, like that's really, that's amazing. So it doesn't surprise me that all-stars couldn't break into that, couldn't break into that because I mean, there's going to be really only room for one at the top of the mascot. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're like, I have their, their um, cast of characters. Like, you have Big Daddy. You have Cole, Cole from Infamous. Some guy named Colonel Raddock from Kill Zone. Dante, uh, the evil Cole McGrath, Fat Princess, uh, Hi Hachi from Tekken, Isaac from Dead Space, Jack and Daxter. Uh, Isaac, really? They chose Isaac. Uh, okay. Yeah. Um, Colonel Raddock from Kill Zone, though. That guy wins. Um, <laughs> that was Cat, such a douche. Cat and Dusty from Gravity Rush. Kratos. Uh, Nariko, uh, Nathan Drake, Parappa the Rapper, Raiden, Ratchet and Clank, Sackboy, Daniel Fortescue, Sly Cooper, Spike, Sweet Tooth, Toro, and Zeus as a downloadable character. Wow. So I mean, the the it, it like they had a they had a good roster, but just I guess, I guess gave there's, up. Only room, there's only room for one at the top of the mascot brawler pile. Like they came in, they just came in too late, and it's not their yeah. fault. I mean, it seems it seems to me like. Well, they gave up pretty quick, right? Like Smash Bros. wasn't great when it was first released. I mean, if you try to go back and play the N64 version, the controls are hard. Yeah, they're friggin' they are hard. They they feel unresponsive and sluggish. But they they spent time and releases balancing it, making it better, making it better, adding characters. Sony Sony All Stars feels like they tried to cash in on that fame. And then when they didn't immediately knock it out of the park, they're like, well, whatever, we don't care. And then they just moved on. You know what I mean? Like if yeah. they were, if they really believed in it. And if they really wanted a piece of that action, they, they released that game merely as a, as a test bed for reception to see if people would jump onto it. And when they didn't wholeheartedly latch onto it, they're like, okay, whatever, next thing, moving on. So, yeah. Wow. <laughs> oh. Look at the time. <laughs> it's easy. It's easy when you start talking about old games. And oh yeah, I know absolutely. Like, um, like, I, I, I thought about this list. I, I thought about what I wanted to see out of these games and what well, mine could- changed three times. Like, by I, I, like I said, I changed stuff literally before I went on to talk with Adam. Yeah. 
So it's just like, and again, a lot, a lot of the games that were on my original list um, were more wants than realistic. Like as great as it would have been to see a Mario RPG remake, is it going to happen? Who knows? Because Nintendo and Square are finally talking again. So, and, and like you see everything on, but like the graphics that they came out with on the Super Nintendo for Mario RPG were like insane. Like they were so good. It doesn't really need a remake. That was originally my number five. Like Mario RPG was my number five pick for that list because, because it is, it, it is awesome. But then I think about it. And just recently I was playing uh, paper Mario for the week. Like, so even though we never got a remake of the super Nintendo one, we've had multiple entries in the paper Mario um, franchise and we're getting a lot of like spiritual successors. If you want to talk about getting an actual dyed in the wool remake of that specific game, yeah, it would be awesome if we could get that. Yeah. But um, I feel like I feel like if they tried to re-release it and and zhuzh up the graphics, you know what I mean? Like that the battle system would end up just being a little bit too. It would almost end up being too basic. If you ever played um, Blue Dragon for the Xbox 360, yeah. uh, everything before you get the dragon transformations, that's what the game would be like. I feel like it would just end up being a little bit too dry. I mean, obviously, if you had the ambition and you had the drive to remake the Super Mario RPG, you would want to improve on a bunch of those things. Yeah. Um, but But I'm not a man of that vision, you know? Uh, I just see little bonks and little stars and all that kind of. Oh yeah. (laughs) It's one of those games. That's it's a timeless classic. Like it, you don't need to remake it. I would play it just the way that it is. I'm actually not a huge fan of the three quarter isometric view either. Like I always have a hard time with the controls because it always feels like I should just be pushing left and the maps always demand that on isometric maps that you go diagonal down left or diagonal up left, diagonal up right. You know what I mean? Like I played Sonic 3D Blast for the Genesis and the Saturn. And it was a game about speed. And it was just so effing hard to wrap my head around that whole diagonal thing. Because I mean, especially when you consider back in the day, like, the Genesis and uh, Super Nintendo controllers were not made to go diagonally. I mean, they gave it to you as an option, but let's face it, like it always sucked just a little bit to have to use diagonal. Mm-hmm. You never knew if, if, if for me personally, I never, maybe I'm just a klutz, but I never knew if when I pushed diagonal upright, if my character was going to go up or right or upright. I don't know. That's my, that's my personal beef. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. So, uh, are you coming on next weekend? It'll be Saturday. Yeah. Yeah, I'm coming on next Yeah, week. I got, I, fi- I finally got Mike to, to agree to come on, but it's still, we're, I, I got Mike and Robin. We're going to talk about, um, like how, how COVID and, and like the pandemic and everything have affected shows and, oh, um, man. how to, how, like how we can make, uh, like make it fun for for people like i said like i've I've actually had people being self-centered asking why we haven't announced the show like come on 
There, there's a reason we haven't announced the show. See, <laughs> and I'll save it for next weekend, really. But for me personally, the realistic end of the show, once all of the other obstacles are cleared, I think that people are going to be very surprised at how much the prices have spiked when they go to the table and they look at that game that they wanted sitting on the table and they're like, what? Yeah. You know, like, I feel like there's going to be the number one takeaway for people from the next show that gets put on, like uh, that you guys put on is going to be the prices are so high. Why are the prices so high? And I feel like uh, that everybody's going to kind of need to temper their expectations when it comes to what price points they see on games when they walk into those um, conventions. And it's, yep. I mean, it's not just yours. I mean, it's all of them, right? Everywhere. Like, prices have spiked and it doesn't matter what, uh, what online lists you look on, prices have risen drastically in the last eight months. And uh, it's a direct result of COVID. So uh, I'm, I'm like, eh. Like I want to buy stuff, but at the same time, I'm like, I may have to wait until I got now, if I was going to sell from my collection, now would actually be the perfect time. Um, but to buy now I've totally cooled off on my buying because I just, I just can't justify or can't afford to pay the inflated prices for these games at the moment. I gotta wait until it comes down a little bit. Well, you'll you'll never you'll never find CJ Elephant for a decent price ever again. No, <laughs> that elephant has flown the coop. <laughs> no, that's perfect. So I will we'll we'll end on on that note and and uh, we'll uh, well myself, Mike, and Robin. Like, if you have any questions that you want to ask, I mean. I'm still, even though I'm in a different city, like, well, we're all in different cities, but um, still heavily involved with what's been going on. And we yeah. haven't really, like Mike and I haven't really sat down to hash anything out and talk about what we can and can't do. And, but uh, that, that'll be hopefully soon. Well, I mean, everything keeps changing now with, with every day is something different. So, but yeah, uh, yeah we'll save that one for next week when we get to uh, get Robin and Mike on. Sounds good. Alrighty. Well, that was part two. I'm probably going to put part one on today and then part two at some point during the week so that I can make space for uh, the, the weekend recording. Um, but thanks again for coming on and I'd like, we just, I'm sure we'll still talk throughout the week. So have a good night. Uh, wow. A good night. Jeez. Have a good day. <laughs> have a good day, sir. All right. Take care. <laughs>